and a mouse keep running, running and 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 welcome back to the oh, Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm going to be joined by my man Jason, as always, in just a minute. But let me tell you a couple things that you can do. You can go over to our Twitter and follow us. It's WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you back 100%. Also, you can check out our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, our Instagram, Weird Science Comic, which is a combo of the Marvel and DC things. And then you can go and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where we have a, a bunch of exclusive podcasts, a lot of the Marvel based, and you can go there, get some podcasts and also help support us for everything we do on this feed. Now, I will spell out right now. I'll talk about it by the end of the show as well. That next week is a fifth week of a month, a fifth week of books. That is sometimes an annuals week. We still end up calling it the Annuals Week, even though Marvel doesn't really participate in that. But with those weeks, we always end up having all of the shows on Patreon. So next week's episode to the Star Wars and the regular show that you're listening to now will be Patreon exclusive. So you won't see them on the feed. And if you want to listen to us talk about some big books as well, the end of the Beyond stuff in Spider-Man end up having the finale to Dark Ages, things like that. You'll have to go over to the Patreon and subscribe for as little as a dollar to listen to those shows, the regular and the Star Wars. In the meantime, you get a ton of other things as well. One of the things being our spotlight that we do each week. We have an exclusive spotlight each week where we take two books from everything that's coming out, picked by the higher level of the Patreon. Those are the bad asses of the Get Fresh Crew. Beep, beep. And you end up this week, they pick Ben Riley, Spider-Man number three, and Venom Lethal Protector number one, which you'll hear us talk about by the end as well, because a little spoiler alert, that is mine and Jason's book of the week. So we'll end up, you know, all that. But if you do go over and you end up waiting, say next week, you know, you end up, well, where's the podcast, whatnot, you go over, you check it out on the Patreon. If you wait until the beginning of April, which is when the things will kind of drop on there. You can sign up and you won't be charged right away. You won't be charged at all, actually, if you decide it's not for you and you quit before May 1st. If you end up going through all of April, you listen to everything that we have and end up quitting right before, you you don't ever get charged. It's something that I think we have a lot going on over there and you can you know, go and listen to some things and I would hope that you'd want to stick around. But That's not for me to decide. That's for everybody to decide on their own. But I can try to push you over there and say that we do some good stuff. But with all that said and done, we're going to get on to these books. We have four books that we're talking about here, some bigger than others. But I'm going to go off right now with me and Jason to start off the show with The Avengers Forever. All right, and I am here with my man Jason. What up, Jason? Not too much, Jim. How are you? Oh, I'm lovely. Just lovely. Uh, we don't have that many books this week no. here. 
we ended up, we were going to do a lightning round. I ended up having to call a little audible at the last second. So we're going to have four books here. We're going to have Avengers Forever. We have the a Maestro continuing that, Shang-Chi, and the new Wolverine patch book. So we end up doing that. We talked about it last week that we'll mix in things that aren't exactly tied to Krakoa. We don't mind the whole mutant things. I'm just not caught up and whatnot. This has nothing to do with Krakoa. This is one more of those classic writers and their classic eras kind of books. Yeah, and we have a lot of those, especially this week. Again, I already had mentioned it by now, but we ended up talking about the Venom. Lethal mm-hmm. Protector, and then also the Ben Riley book that we had on the Patreon spotlight. And I'll tell you right now, I mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. I think by the end of the day, my big uh, gem of the week will be from <laughs> the uh, deal going on with the Could Venom be. uh, Lethal Protector Could because be. boy, I I really like uh, I'll just I really like Humbug. I uh, already <laughs> want to talk about Humbug more than some of these, but we're gonna start proper here with Avengers Forever. It's Avengers Forever number four. It's the Goddesses of Thunder in the Forever Storm by Jason Aaron and art by uh, Jim Toe, Guru Effects and letters by VCs Corey Petit. And we have been kind of, I think we've been more than positive with the Avengers Forever book. I had mentioned Yeah, we've point. enjoyed it. It's been kind of silly, kind of wacky, but we've, we've gone along for the ride. Yeah, and we even mention every time we get a, a proper Avengers book that we say, yeah, this just ties into the Avengers Forever, which seems to be the big story that Jason Aaron yeah, is it telling. It feels like they don't want the main book to get ahead of this one, so they've been kind of slowing things down and really decompressing. And the thing with the Avengers Forever, I haven't really been able to, you know, we're trying to grip what this is all about. And we have really been hanging on this one earth we've been dealing with say the ant-man tony stark ghost mm-hmm. rider there these black slaves and at the end of last issue you ended up having the big deal of you know the council of skulls coming through these portals and things like that so i was wondering what we're going to be dealing with now to show me okay what is this book really about are we going to end up it feels like a real slow burn but are we are we going to get something more Still a slow burn. You're ending up where overall it seems like you're gathering a team. Yeah, it's, you're gathering it seems to be on. Jason Aaron just wants to show off his mashup characters. Like the old toys used to be around in the 70s and 80s where you could like take the arms off of this and mix it together with that and the legs on the head. And now you've got a new character. Well, it's, it's what he's doing with everybody in the Marvel Universe. And so when you get this issue, and I said, I saw the goddesses of thunder, the granddaughters at the end of last issue where, right. you know, coming up next. And I was a we little had gotten worried. We had the very, very sneak preview of them and the thing that kicked us off it was whatever that big anniversary issue was. So I, I was a little worried because they're really not my thing. They're more for people who are Jason Aaron Thor fans that went through a lot of things. And you do have. A bunch of editor's notes in this, you know, see King Thor, see these. These mm-hmm, are things mm-hmm. that I did not read, unfortunately. And so going with this, this is stuff with the granddaughters. This is stuff that has been going on since Brandon was on the podcast. Brandon way in the band. That's something of his kind of area that he had read all the things and he was even sick of them then. Now, we haven't had a ton of them to say sick of that way, but Jason Aaron does always kind of go back and it, it it's not as annoying say if you see with bendis and his justice league where he's really just grabbing all these things going on he's telling this long right. form jason aaron story but i always feel left behind at points because i'm not really involved in that whole long form jason aaron story so i just want to say that at the beginning just so people 
understand where I'm coming from here. They're all right in this book. I, again, they're not really so distinct from each other. I'm sure people who have read all the Jason Aaron, Love Jason Aaron, know, oh, this granddaughter is like that, and the other granddaughter has this characteristic, but they're pretty interchangeable in this particular book. They are, and, and where I want to go with this, too, before I end up reading the blurb, I actually don't mind them here. I actually like the idea because they're doing something fine. A lot of times you go and see them and they're just hanging. They're hanging at the end of time. Oh, oh, it's us. Oh, grandfather, all these things. And I, I actually had a decent enough thing thinking, okay, we're starting to get something going. But overall, again, this Avengers Forever, it's not to the point where it's wowing me that I need to read the next issue. And that kind of bothers me because I want this to be bigger. I do enjoy it more than the regular or Avengers run, the Avengers run of Jason Aaron, because it's weird. I'm going to tell you, it's because it's more focused, but is it? I mean, really, we're, we're all over the place, so yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard to put my thumb on why it just seems bigger, I guess. It feels like something big is going to happen in this book that's going to tie back to the main book at some point. It feels like that the book's, the regular book is waiting for this to do whatever big thing it's going to do. It's almost as if I have, like, I have a spidey sense, and it's kind of tingling, but not so much, because I think something's getting there, but I think it's going to take a while. Yeah, this is allegedly an ongoing book. There is no end point to it, but it doesn't feel like an ongoing book. Yeah, at one point I saw 12 issues, then I hauled uh, all these things, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, when it was introduced, they specifically called it ongoing. Yeah, here goes, and again, Marvel ends up where a lot of the miniseries end up, and then they get, who knows when they end things, very odd. Uh, but hopefully with that, though, because of the story, Jason Aaron actually has an end point in mind. Like if, if this isn't on, this doesn't seem like something that could last 10 years. And if it does, oh, no. tell me now, because I want to get off this train and maybe come back later. Maybe eight to 12 issues. Yeah, total, I'm, I'm, I'm saying maybe. I mean, we're at four. I hope that it's at least 12 and, and things start to really pick up. We're starting to gather an Avengers Prime team. But look, I've read some of the reviews talk about how this is the end of the first arc. So if this is the first arc, maybe there's one more arc. Maybe that's only four more issues. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. But here you go. And it's weird, too, because usually when uh, you end up having the trades with Marvel, they're usually five issues. But who knows? Uh, Deathlock Dispatch by the Mysterious Avenger, Mysterious Avenger Prime. I'm Robbie Reyes, the Ghost Rider of Earth 616. We'll teleport it to the dystopian Earth 818, ruled by the Black Skull. The Black Skull soon imprisoned and tortured Deathlock and Romp. Heroes were freed by Tony Stark, the Ant-Man of Earth 818, and his ragtag band of adventures, which includes pretty much a very, very overpowered Infinity Thing. We said this the last time. I don't call them ragtag if you have an infinity <laughs> stone infused thing. Oh, especially in this issue, they prove that they're neither rag nor tag. No, no, they're, they're none of those. But before they defeated the Black Skull, he activated a group of portals and other realities and a horde of Black Skull variants flooded in to take his place. So we get into this and we do go somewhere at the end of time. That usually is my trigger warning of, all right, my eyes are going to get glassy. You know, it's almost like, has the mailman come yet? No, his eyes are glassy. That is a over-the-top, not appropriate uh, joke. Yeah, but not so much. that's no. kind of me here. And I'm like, uh, here we go. So does that mean you like this? I, I don't know. Go ahead. Not a mailman. <laughs> okay. I'm here to deliver the news. But you end up here where you go to this end of time and you get the granddaughters. They're okay. I mean, if you're invested in these, you've been invested for quite some time. And then you are bound to like them. It's right? a weird little setting where I guess the idea is the whole universe is kind of dead except for this place, which is hanging on. They're doing sort of all right. And they've been kind of doing this stuff for a while. And you have Atlee 
Ellis, Siv, and Frigg. It, it's funny, too, because you oh have my. them. Frigg, I can always remember that name. That is like the easiest <laughs> Thor name ever to remember, Frigg, you know, and, and so I don't mind. But one of the things that I have enjoyed since I had been reading this stuff, and again, Brandon had filled me in on a bunch of things at the beginning of our podcast, uh, but I love the war goat. I, I always like the war goat. <laughs> Who doesn't love a war goat? Yes, really. And so you end up where all this is going on. And I thought that there was a little bit of a misplay here. But the idea of this is that storms are a brewing and the granddaughters go off to the hammer that is kind mm-hmm. of electrified. Right. But usually storms are good. But for some reason, this storm is bad, probably because of that, that lightning that nearly kills somebody right there in the village. That's. That's like Grandpa Thor is off somewhere and doing whatever. And he's sending a message back saying something's wrong. And his message is lightning that nearly but doesn't quite kill somebody. Yes. And I wish here's the thing that I thought was the misplay. And it's just a little nitpick with me of just reading because you do get a page turn. I thought that you could have utilized this better where you end up having the granddaughters go to Molnir. It's just sitting there. In the field, right? So they have left it there. It has been a big thing of they've decided until we really think there is a moment, none of us are going to try to see who's worthy. We're not going to try to lift it. Well, they go and say it's floating. Then you see it and it's not a wow moment. They should have said what's wrong with it. And then you get the page turn where you actually see it floating. Yeah. It was weird. It, It just was a weird deal that it's like, oh, it's floating. I'm like, is it? The perspective for the first time you see it, you're looking downwards, so you can't tell. So it is floating, and again, is this a message? What's grandfather, you know, doing? Why is he doing this far, far, as they keep saying? And should we grab it? No, it's not time yet. And then you get what Eric Shea would love. You actually get a firestorm, right? It comes in, they even call okay. it that. It made okay. me laugh, because they're like, <laughs> this firestorm, I'm like, ooh. Uh, but it is that idea. What's going on? Because this isn't normal stuff. This is Phoenix stuff. What is the? And then we end up seeing the arm of Wolverine, who is that end of time Phoenix. A bunch of flaming crap falls down onto the ground, and also a twitching Wolverine arm, which is super gross. It's super gross on fire. The the idea that the claws are pop fine, uh, but yeah, I actually. Was a little upset because I do like that crazy design of the end of time Phoenix Wolverine. Pretty cool. And now he They're ends up. put them back together. So that's the thing. You could call this a Humpty Dumpty story suddenly or a build a figure if you're into the boys <laughs> toys. Right. Because there's just an arm there. So they're like, okay, what I thought they were going to do is like Mr. Potato Head. It is. I thought that they were actually going to somehow think that Wolverine's hand is worthy. They'd use the hand. But. It's a weird play because they're wondering, okay, what is going on? This is a sign that I was I was waiting for the rest of Wolverine to grow back from his hand like a starfish. It's just there. That'd be pretty funny too, like a real little rest of his body too. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they end up where it's a weird play because the idea that okay, Monier, it's there. We got to figure out some things, and they just kind of boom to a point where they're on their ship and they've tied up. Molnir that's now leading them throughout and I'm like did they just go over and just yeah, this is the scene that we saw earlier when they were kind of hinting at like at the end of the last issue I guess what we saw this. and it's kind of a weird deal like they end up and they're powering it up with their stuff so that's what allows it to go but it is kind of a weird jump of saying we're not going to pick it up but then they go and hook you know a line to it powered up and then it just zips off yeah it's it's like their compass somehow so it is leading by the end they realize that the hammers throughout the multiverse are connected 
And so that they can end up taking them to the different ones, maybe the ones in trouble, whatnot. There seems to be this network of hammers. Now, I wonder if they're going to run into Hulk going through all the bleed multiverse stuff here. Maybe, here's my theory, that that's going to be where the Thor uh, Hulk crossover comes up because they're going to bump into each other and it that's going to be, kick it off. But it better happen quick because that's starting up soon. And I think that that, I don't know, when I read the thing, I just thought that that was in regular deal. But we'll see. Again, that would take Donnie Cates to be working hand in hand with Jason Aaron's we'll story. See, and yeah, we really haven't had a lot of that, but we'll end up seeing that. And so you end up where. The hammer's going through. Now, in the meantime, just to let everybody know, there was an Infinity comic that released this week. It is the, you know, whole deal with the Avengers Forever Infinity. It's a number one. It just came out yesterday. As well. Yep, this is on the, the Marvel uh, the Marvel, Marvel U app. So if you have that and you go and read that, that does deal with another hammer in another Earth, the Earth 5478 where you end up having the prehistoric DC Avengers of that Earth, they get decimated by the Masters of Evil, but leave the hammer behind, which does seem to be sentient, a la, like a Donnie Cates, and ends up talking hmm. about that it's going to, you know, send out a signal, it's going to try to get revenge, all these. So we may end up seeing that. Now, with this, you do set up that the granddaughters now might be on a, you know, scavenger hunt to go and check out all the hammers. It gives you an idea, or at least a reason why, you can jump around the different multiverses and things like that. And not our thing, really, but it does lead them to this 818, where it does look like the, you know, Council of Skulls, all these, they're going to have, uh, almost an easy, I don't know. The thing is. Well, it's funny because I don't think of Black Skull as being like a frontline fighter guy, right? He's usually in the background planning. He's got some goons to work for him. I don't usually see him, like, being the guy punching. The weird thing about it is that's why I think, and I think Jason Aaron thought ahead, that's why I think you have multiple versions of him, including a cap black. So, like, these are skulls yeah. that some of them might be. Right. So they're going to attack. And I don't know. The thing is, I know if it's just Ant-Man, Tony Stark, you know, and but Robbie Reyes is there. We've seen how badass he is. We end up having... An Infinity Stone. I don't know that they might not have been able to win anyway, but it's nice to have help. The granddaughters mm-hmm. come in big and heavy. Say, "Hey, are we?" Yeah, the granddaughters come in first. We get we don't get, we don't get to see much of the battle. We kind of get one big splash page where here's a bunch of characters. We don't get to meet any of the other Black Skulls and individually. They're all just always mushed together on a page. Yep, and that's one of my biggest problems with this issue. Now I want to move forward. I want to see the bigger picture. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But we spend a lot of time on this 818. And we end up leading to a huge battle with a bunch of skulls. And then it's like, boom, All done. All these new crossover characters, but we never get to meet them. If, they, if these are supposed to be cool characters to make us say, wow, we should spend some time and see why they're so important, not just have them be background decoration. And here, yeah, out in two pages, you know, they show up, they fight. Robbie shows up, calls himself the All Writer, and and then the yeah, then the daughter show. Yeah, it is done. The big thing of this isn't even in Jason Aaron's mind here worthy of a full spread page. You could see. I mean, why didn't you have you have the daughters come down mm-hmm. and say, or granddaughters, and they say, huh, I wonder who the bad guys are here. We're new here. We got to say, oh, I think it's the guys who have dripping black symbiote goo coming off them and look like skulls. I think they might be the bad guys, right. and then they attack. And then you just get that. I mean, really, that's the first page of it. Hey, who are the bad guys? I think they are. Okay. You get one page of a battle 
And then the rest is kind of picking up the pieces. It's all wrap up. Yeah. You have Robbie going, all right, I'm going to get all you guys that like it's done. And then with that, they all the, you know, the symbiote black skull deals, half of them are getting sucked through portals. They're going away. Mm -hmm. And a big thing is that the Moon Knight and vision of this eight on eight. They are gone too. Oh my God! Well, where do they go? We don't see that happen. We just see somebody say, "Hey, where where are they at?" Yeah, where yeah. they go? They're they're gone. I don't know. And that's the thing. You rush to this so, and this should be the wow factor of why you set all this up. And it's weird to just go, "Okay, they got defeated. Let's go," because mm-hmm. then it makes me think, what, "What are we supposed to be interested in here?" I mean, a gathering of a team over. A year or so, that's not that I want the little bits like this Some of the things that we've liked so far We're seeing the battles and seeing The differences of the characters And this just is like, done And it's a shame And so you get to picking up the pieces You end up having, you know, Robbie Give the the skull of that deal The black He's going to be in forever penance In the middle of a desert And they're going to rebuild this world with the help of the granddaughter. That, that gets an eighth of a page. That whole wrap-up story happens. It's mm-hmm. very odd. And you end up having... And then we just get told that the uh, the symbiote from this world is now in the Hell, hell Charger trunk. We just... That's just in a narration bubble. We I mean, and, and with that, that is just the easiest way of just saying it's gone. Yeah, don't worry about it anymore. It's gone. It's in the trunk. I mean, you just throw it out there. And the granddaughters end up seeing that there is a hammer here. Oh my God! That's what must oh, have led us here. And we get this tiny little panel that says, "Oh, all night long, uh, Robbie and the Infinity thing fixed the whole world. They go around the whole world in one night. Now it's all fixed, done and dusted. They get, they get a storm from the granddaughters. Everybody's done. And yeah, we're going to take, but we have to rebuild the world like infrastructure. So that's what ends up being where everybody's going to go. Up. Robbie, Deathlock, they're going off. They're going to gather their little team. Tony goes with them, but Infinity thing." Stays behind, really take him. This guy has the ability. He's like, yeah, it's rebuilding time. And there you go, and they're just going on. So you ended up all of this just gathering one guy, really. The, the Simon Williams subplot was kind of interesting. A little bit of character growth there. Where last last issue, he said, oh, he just loves the killing. You know, he's fine with it. And I guess, uh, yeah, I wish he, I had he was that. part of the. Uh, he was part of the team that went around the world. I guess wiping out all the other war machines. And now he, he doesn't like killing anymore, which is an interesting character arc, but it happens in half a page. So it's hard to really feel like it's important. It's true. And again, what are you doing here? You're ending up going off to fight this multiversal battle and you leave behind Wonder Man because suddenly he doesn't want to kill. And then you also leave Infinity Stone thing behind because, you know, it's rebuilding time. And I like to right kill. there, you would there you go. You, <laughs> you end know. up where. Those two would be pretty big weapons for you to go against this big thing, but maybe too big. So you leave them behind. Infinity thing seems so underused. I mean, he's he should be the most powerful character around. Right? He's at all. He's made of infinity gems, and he's Ben Grimm. So we have to leave him behind because he can't be in the book anymore because he'll just break any story because he's too much. Yeah, I, I really wanted this Ant Man Tony Stark to go. Hey, uh, you know, Infinity thing. You rebuild this world, but and he just snaps his finger. Reality stone, boom! It's a paradise. Let's roll. Gets into the hell truck. I don't think he'd fit. That's the big problem, too. Maybe he won't fit in that back seat. <laughs> but yeah, Wonder Man does have that deal where he goes up and says to the granddaughters, "Are you gods? I don't usually pray. Can I pray? I pray that I don't kill." They're like, "Oh, that's cool." You know, they have their. That's where you see their little differences. 
You saw it a little before, but it's like, that's a stupid prayer. No, it isn't. That's great, Simon. We just go from there. But at the end, you end up finding out, oh, my God, where did, you know, Vision Moon Knight, where did they end up? They end up at the center of infinity. This is where Avenger Prime, all these things going on are there. And, you know, they end up having this little team that goes in and says, hey, the Avenger Prime will be happy. We're gathering up this team. And it looks like you got like a Captain Carter. A, a Black Widow Iron Man, a Widow Iron, Iron Widow, actually is what they probably would deal. And then like yeah, a so Dark the Archer. Yeah, so Captain Carter is an odd choice because we just had that, it's not the one that's not called the What If, but the basically the What If book that introduced her in her own separate universe. And this looks just like her to me. But it's it's strange that you'd, you'd have that crossover with this. I don't even think it crosses. I think that it's just the look and, again, trying to grab in, well, we had that TV show with it. Let's grab her. I, I don't know that, that I think that other thing is just an aside And we'll just have the deal Maybe at the end it's like oh I got you know Problems with the multiverse but I don't think That it'll really do much A lot of these Marvel things just end up grabbing Anything they want and doing mm-hmm. it Because there's not a real set solid Continuity of the deal but Multiversal things everything's on the board But by the end I think the issue looked pretty good it's just that I wasn't that excited about it. We should talk it. about the art because we've really loved the Aaron Cooter art that we've had all these issues. Just the way he draws fire and smoke and details. And the, the art here is, it's not bad, but it's like It's just Marvel too, style. It's way more basic. Way more basic. It's very boxy. Like even I sh- the, the Hell Charge was like three rectangles yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. an actual car looking car. Yeah, I didn't mind so it for what it was. It's not bad, but it's, it, it used to be a reason to come to this book was to see the art. And that not this one. And maybe, you know, the idea fell behind doing other I don't know. But at the end, I just by the end I just don't know why I really need to read this each month the way that it's just kind of meandering about right now. Maybe this would be better in trade. Maybe it'll pick up from now. We're already gathering finally gathering a team we actually see the center of infinity, so that is kind of cool. But again, we don't really know what all that means just yet. So it, the battle was too quick. You didn't end up all that setup that we had. It just ends up ending in a couple pages. So that was a disappointment. What would you give it? Yeah, it's it's not a horrible story, but it's not that exciting. And really the same for the art. So I give this a six out of Man, ten. Yeah, I think I'm a six as well. Yeah, it's not horrible. It's it's just kind of there. You kind of continue. Right. And so from there, I'm not that excited about it, but it's, I'm it's still in. It's not the in. big event that it should be. Again, that's the weird thing. When things are announced and things maybe sometimes... We get too excited about things that maybe aren't supposed to be that exciting <laughs> yet or something because I looked at this as a big event and I maybe it's not as big as I thought. It's just this little thing here with the Avengers book. I don't maybe know. Maybe we fall for the hype. I'm going with the idea of Jason Aaron up until now. World War She-Hulk, really not good. You ended up having a, uh, the uh, Heroes Reborn. Eh, it was okay. You end up, uh, you know, Moon the Conchu deal, not great. I mean, a lot of these things have been something where I I elevate before, and then when I read them, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't so much. Yeah, a lot of these, the, the, the premise sounds cool. Oh, wow, this is going to happen, and then when it happens, you go, eh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this What's again, next? it's this is actually, I think, I'm more interested in this than most of those others. Uh, yeah, But agreed. still, it's not really, it's not wowing me yet, and I want to be wowed, but we'll see. But the next book, we were wow with the first one. Eh, you, you told me you're, not, you're not that into this issue, but we'll see. Maestro World War M number two. It is written by Peter David, art by Herman Peralta, colors by Jesus Zervatov, letters by VCs Ariana Mayer, 
Maestro's missile strike on Ames headquarters unintentionally freed the abomination who quickly went with Namor, the submariner, to his undersea kingdom to discuss a plan to halt Maestro's rise to power. Soon after, Maestro arrived at the remains of Ames' base to ensure his assault had been successful, but he was attacked by an agent of Namor's, the original Human Torch. And you get a bit of a long deal. I don't know that you needed all these pages of having Maestro chasing Jim Hammond. The cinematic widescreen look. Well, what happened was at the end of the last issue, we had this fight where he thought he was facing the other... Yeah, he, he thought he was Johnny Storm, yeah. Realized he wasn't. And I thought that Jim Hammond was laying a clever trap, right? He's going to kind of stun the maestro and then lure him over to the ocean where Namor is laying in wait. No. No, he was trying to kill him. He's just a dumbass, and he thought he had won already. Yeah, he said I went nuclear. Now he's allowing the maestro just to follow him right back to this Pacifica, Namor City, under the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, and so when when you end up having uh, maestro following Jim Hammond, he's talking to himself, hey, you know what's going on? That's not Johnny Storm. That must be the original one made by Dr. Phineas Horton. It's more mm-hmm. of a, hey, everybody, that's what it is. It, it's kind of a... Yeah, if, if you're not in the know, here's what to Google. Yeah, uh, all of a sudden, if you hear somebody like, oh, my God, the human torch was in that, you're now really being told, which we know, it's Jim Hammond. It is the original deal, Android, all that stuff. He ends up going to this underwater city that Maestro seems unaware of, says, this is not Atlantis, this is in the wrong ocean. Man, this is pretty impressive. Again, you have a maestro seeing this. He's going to see. It's almost like now he doesn't have to weep because now there are more lands to conquer in my (laughs) mind. But he's also pissed because he's going in here. He knows Namor is involved and Namor just sent somebody to try to kill him. You end up having Jim Hammond go to Namor and his wife and son and say, yeah, I took care of him. Where's the abomination, by the way? Oh, he's recovering. He's doing this. But I I took care of maestro. He's there. High five. Problem solved. Yeah, and and with that, I the one thing that I didn't like was that you almost have Namor say, "Well, good job." Like I don't know that Namor would have trusted the idea. Like I want to see what's going on. He doesn't <laughs> right, have bring, to wait long. Me back the head. Yeah, he doesn't have to wait long because ba boom. Namor should know that Maestro is going to be really, really tough to kill. Because he's, now he's really had pissed. lots of experience with Hulk. Yeah, so he. He should, he should be more skeptical. Yeah, and this is one of those things where if you're going to go and do something with Maestro, you best make sure that you overdo it and make sure he is dead. Because if he's not, he's really, really going to be pissed. And when he shows up, I mean, he doesn't look that much dad. Like, he's like, hey, what's up, Namor? Namor has a weird thing right away. He's like, oh, you breathe underwater, huh? Eh, whatever. And then they go. And it felt to me like that was added in at the very end because, oh, yeah, doesn't can Hulk breathe underwater? Well, let's, he just, can okay, now. let's just say he can. Yeah, I mean that's what it felt like. It felt like just yeah. the idea of like let's go back and you breathe underwater. Oh well, I guess you do. Let's go. And I I do like the play of this. I like it a little more than you. Uh, from what you said, I understand that it could have been a bigger deal. And this, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff we didn't see in this book. It's really just this big fight scene where. He, uh, Namor has Hulk attacked by this big squid monster, octopus monster, which we know is not going to work. And really, all it is, is you just gave him a big weapon to swing around. And that's all my for You did do that. And, but I, what I liked about it, I liked some of the little scenes, some of the interactions where I did like when Namor says, I'm going to have to call the guards on you. Come on, settle down. Let's kind of join together. Listen, I ended up attacking. I attack everything. Surface world sucks. You're there. I want to make sure that you don't overdo it. I'm ch- Now, what Namor has really done, as we see as Maestro comes in, is he's now revealed 
that he has more than what Maestro would have thought. If he would have just kept to himself, probably could have lived his whole life underwater, fine and dandy. Sure. But yeah, he just brought the whole thing to the the attention of the big bad guy. It's like Oops. the Batman deal. He just made his own villain, even though Maestro might have figured out Maestro's pretty big villain here anyway. But he ends up right. saying. Or- or the villains are saying, "Hey, let's let's defeat the let's not do the crazy world-ending villainy because we want to lay low and do our just stealing money." Villainy. Yeah, yeah. So he ends up here and says, "I'm going to call the guards on you." And I like where my straw. Oh, you mean those guards that I took care of already? They're all dead. And he's like, "No, no, not those guards." And you end up having this deal now. He ends up almost saying, in my mind, like there might be something else involved as well, well says, right? Right away, he says, "This is my second biggest guard. Pray you never meet my largest one." Which feels like it's setting up. Ooh, are exactly. we going to get to see that one? And and we don't. Maybe that's like, just Hulk, a setup Hulk later. Defeats the second biggest guard, and then they just leave. But even there, I it's a weird play. But I kind of like the idea where you have Maestro talk to themselves, like, "Listen." All this time, I'm an old man. Look at me. I'm all gray. I'm losing my hair. And I, I've had time to, I've had time to think. And the destruction that I did before, it was a shame. I ended up killing a lot of innocents, but I didn't care then. But you know what? I don't care now either. It was a weird play where he just starts swinging around with the monster. Like back then, it was because he was stupid and didn't realize. And now he's just an asshole. Yeah. Now he's just like, I'm just a <laughs> jerk. So you end up where. You have this whole idea, oh, my God, get the abomination in here. Jim Hammond's there. You end up where it looks like Namor's you know, wife and kid. They're dead because it's just destruction going on yep, here. We, we barely learn that his kid's name is Leonard, apparently named after Namor's dad. And as soon as we learn that, you know, it's like his, la- his last day on the job sort of a thing. He, yeah. Was he wearing a red shirt? They, they, get, they get landed on by a monster and squished kind of like a... Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and you end up where, you know, Leonard tries to, oh, my God, and boom, done. So then you go and Namor's pissed. Namor's going to kill Maestro. Maestro actually looks very concerned there. When Namor goes full ham and is going to get him with the trident, he disappears. And you have the Abomination disappear. At one point, the Abomination and Hulk were doing some wrestling moves pretty much together. Mm-hmm. And they disappear, and Maestro yeah, knows right away. Abomination and, and Namor and Hammond. Yeah, and Hammond. They all get teleported out in this green tel- And you end up Maestro. Doom. And then you do go off to the castle. This made me laugh. It's weird. I don't. Yeah, it's it's comedy scene at the end here because we see tottering, beat up Doom. Because earlier, I guess at the end of the last miniseries, we saw Maestro beat the snot out of Doom, so he's still all and he's old. I mean, there's a lot going on here. He's got a cane walking, and he just kind of breaks his ankle and falls and falls. <laughs> he falls. And, he's just there, laying there, and they're just looking there and go, "Who the?" And Jim Hammond says, "Who the hell is this?" So we'll have to see what Doom. Is up to and you know He's going to be going against obviously this is Setting up a team to take down Maestro here uh, But we'll see how it ends I actually didn't mind this I thought the art Was pretty good and yeah, the art's nice. you, you gather up this thing that Will be we had these kind Of issues before with the Pantheon you know you have that one issue Where okay we have to introduce this Get some motivations going and the motivation For Namor he already has motivation But now that the whole deal Is you killed my family. He's really pissed. You have the abomination who Maestro and him have things going on. They, they he even says you escaped from that aim base. I tried to get it before you ended up escaping. I'm still pissed at you. So they have these things going on. And then to see what Doom is all about would be cool. Jim Hammond's just kind of there 
uh, you know, for the scenery in my mind. He's not really doing that much. Yeah, what I was looking forward to in this book, I was looking forward to some clever plan to, to beat up Maestro. We didn't get that. I was looking forward to find out more about the Rick Jones and his family, what's going on with them. Didn't see them. I wanted to see more of, like, last issue we found out that the minister is actually Toro, which I thought was fascinating. We don't get any mention of that. So all these things I was looking for, they're just not here. Yeah, we we'll just have got to see, scene. you know, how this is played out and what goes on next, because I assume now with this set up, you end up having, you know, the next issue will get back to those things. This will hang a little. Maybe that'll be the progression. I did also like where Namor is like, buddy, I'm with you. You know, me and you, Maestro, we're... It's like you were part of the Illuminati. You sent me away. He's like space, and it was weird because then the kid jumps in and says, "Well, he didn't really like that. He didn't mean he he said he quit afterwards. He said I quit afterwards. I'm looking at the boats. He definitely like everybody is all for it, but he felt bad afterwards and left. Uh, But even with that, I love that idea where Maestro. It's a big grudge, but boy, he he's not going to let things like that pass. So he is pissed. He doesn't trust Namor and. Maybe that could have all been solved if, if Maestro right there would have said, okay, well, let's have some sort of truce. We'll figure out a contract. Like, but right. now everybody. You and take then, the wet parts. We'll take the exactly. dry parts. Exactly. That's all you really needed to have, right? Maestro is not a make a deal kind of guy. No, he, he wants to rule invincible, it all. And so far he is invincible. So why would he? Why would he take half the planet? Just the idea, even if it went a little further, uh, the idea that the abomination is there and stuff like that ends up being a little bad as well. So it was not going to work out, but it would have been. So at the end, all our, you know, heroes, I guess we call them heroes, beam out. So we're left with Maestro in Pacifica with really no one to stop him. So is he just going to go and murder everybody now? Is he just going to wreck the whole city? Because Namor now. Or is he going to swim home? I, I, I don't. The funny thing is that. You could have Maestro, if you really place the say to the Atlanteans, listen, your king just skedaddled. He just, he didn't, he got teleported out. He didn't want to be teleported out, uh, but he could play the angles of the optics there and maybe do something. I actually think he might start wrecking house and then just going home. I don't know, but that would be, in my mind, a concern for Namor. So we'll see what's going on. He doesn't like right away say, Oh my god, I gotta get back to my people or whatever. He's just kinda like, Doom just fell down. What what's up with this? Does he have a life alert bracelet? I don't know. Uh so we'll see how it, it plays out. But in the next deal, you do have a cover that looks like, you know, you just have more battles yeah, and abomination versus Yeah, Maestro. so we'll see if that's even anything that will play out. But I, I liked it a little more than you, I think. What would be your score? Yeah, uh yeah, like I said, it's it's a it's an okay story. It just wasn't the you know, I was thinking this is the the great plot line, the great characterization, and I didn't I didn't get what I wanted. So I'm calling it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm going seven five. I'm not that much higher than oh, you, okay. but I'm going seven five. I like the art and I like the series. I've liked all the Maestro things. Yeah, so last time we were up at like eight and a half, nine. So yeah, we really is, liked the beginning. Back. So a little low, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, that seems to be the theme of this week maybe. But we're gonna go off now for a little a little break. Maybe get a sandwich or two. I don't know about Ooh, you. Sandwich. Maybe rotisserie chicken. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do in two seconds, but we'll be back in a minute then to uh, continue. We're going to have Shang-Chi 
and then the new Wolverine patch to end the podcast. All right, we are back. How are you doing, Jason? Did you have a rotisserie chicken while you're out? Uh, two. I had two rotisserie chickens. It's funny. I don't know Plain why that toast. I, I think in my mind that because you're a bird watcher, you refrain from eating like <laughs> only mammals. I'm like, really? It's such a weird deal that goes through my mind. Also, you like curling, so you know you're up for any nonsense oh, in my it mind. Is, speak, speaking of birds, a big bird anniversary. Are you aware of this? Are you talking Big Bird from Sesame Street? No, no. 21 oh. years ago today was when the big unit, Randy Johnson, threw the pitch that annihilated that pigeon. 21 years ago today. Which one do you think was better? That one or when Dave Winfield hit the pigeon in Toronto? Because I thought that both were crazy, but Randy Johnson that was, was definitely way over. Crazy yeah. Because oh my God. He, he's just pitching, and then the bird just flies in out of nowhere where – Dave Winfield was like, I'm going to throw this ball and hit yeah, that bird. And of course the bird's like going to get out of the way. But he was definitely aiming for the bird. Dave Winfield ends up, one <clears> of my <throat> favorite players of all time, by the way, ended up where afterwards is going, I didn't mean, I'm like, really, Dave? Plus, the guy had a cannon. I mean, that guy's arm was incredible. <laughs> Randy Johnson's I, was crazy. I it looked like he, a magic he trick. He was de- Winfield was definitely aiming for the, for the seagull, but... You don't expect the bird just going to sit there and take it. You expect the bird's going to fly out of the way. So I think he was surprised he hit it, but he was aiming for it. Yeah. That, that, or, you know, the Mets back in the day, you know, spraying bleach on people. I don't know. There's something in New York that goes wonky, but. Bleach and firecrackers. That, that, yeah. yeah. That Randy Johnson deal, I swear it looks like a magic trick. It really does. It's like, because sometimes you, know, you just see feathers flying everywhere. Like, it's holy moly. What the craziest is going thing on? ever. The big I, unit. No one oh, knows what happened. Goodness. Like, a, is it a strike? Is it a ball? Do I get to run now? I don't and even know. Now we have a theme because now I want to mention Mark Fidrich. I mean, all these things going on with the birds <laughs> and things like that. We oh. can just keep going, right? Yeah. And we we had the what two weeks ago we had the question of the week about like which bird named character yeah. in fiction I like best. I've been thinking about that for like two weeks now, and I've come up with a better answer. What is your better answer? My better answer is Avery Brooks, and you know where I'm going, right? Avery Brooks played Hawk on Spencer for Hire. He would always say, Spencer. Uh, Spencer. I, I actually yeah. like Spencer for Hire. That's that was a, a good show. show. I love that Nobody show. ever talks about that anymore. Robert Urich and uh, Avery Brooks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There Again, Mark Fidrick might be my guy that I would go with, but hey, we all have our well, favorites. I, you, I guess I guess Larry Bird's a little too obvious. I love I love Larry Bird, though. The trash-talking Larry Bird is one of the greatest characters of all time. It is so great. So great. But... And I, I just I just love trash talk. Uh, do, do you now? Really? This is brand new information. It is. Now, we're going to start with Shang-Chi. I'd love to say that I'm going to trash talk this, but it's okay. I it's mean, fine. We end up where you do see that Jin Wan Yang seemingly was told to get things more in line with the movie. That's fine. And we're doing that. It just seems to be very convenient ways. Things are really pushed aside to say this happens this happens hey by the way we have a gate two big things happen very yeah conveniently i mean issue. holy moly but you give us the credits and then we'll get into okay this. previously shang chi's grandfather chieftain zin has finally stepped out of the shadows to enact his personal vendetta the goal to destroy every person that shares blood with zheng zhu shang chi's father first zin has kidnapped zhang li shang's mother to their home dimension talo then he summoned terrifying monsters known as Tautia to hunt down and kill anyone in the Zheng lineage. That includes Takeshi, who was put in prison by his own brother, Shang-Chi. You know, Takeshi is in jail. He is Brother Saber. We did see these Tauti end up attacking him. So that's the big deal. And I'll just say, 
This is written by Gene Luen Yang, Marcus Toe on art, Eric Arcinegg on colors, VCs, Travis Lanham. So you end up where all these things being set up and the big thing with, you know, Chieftain Zin, Talo, all these things going on where you have the, you know, the crew here. And the crew here is Zilan, you end up having Esme, uh, Sister Dagger, and Shang-Chi go. They have to save Takeshi at first because he is being attacked. Before we get to that, though, we do end up in a deal in Canada, you know, way up where, oh, British Columbia. And you do end up seeing that. And it, it, I don't, this didn't shock me because he did end up saying, we're going to go find the sister and things like that. But you'd end up seeing Shihua. I just thought it was like, all of a sudden she's there. All this stuff and whatever. And she is now in hiding, trying to just do and and when we you saw grandfathers hide. send this magic arrow out last time, so we knew what was going. And we see that flying through, and you know, usually you go hide in Alaska, but British Columbia is close enough, and you end up where she's doing some blogging, she's cutting things, and this arrow hits her, and then you end up having chieftains in and his guys come to take her down, and they do end up saying, "I like this poor guy who's logging. He's like, hey, hey, uh, you know, boss man." I don't know about this lady. She kind of feels odd. It feels like there's trouble. We were set up to not really like them at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's like, what, are you just mad because she's stronger than you? He's like, nah, I kind of feel like this weird feeling. I don't know where this arrow comes and hits her and ends up where now guys on dragon monster lions come. I mean, this is way beyond. This guy is so on the money with the idea of, oh, there's going to be problems. She even yells it. Yeah, had a funny feeling. Like, you got to get out of here because this guy almost dies at one point. I mean, these guys, they don't yeah. need this nonsense. Grandfather takes them hostage. She says, well, I don't Holy like them anyway, but she does kind of rescue them because yeah, she's not she that does. bad. I actually thought she was just going to leave them. And she was the big bad of the last deal. For Sister Hammer, everything's a hammer, including an axe. I know it's not real. Maybe use the sharp side. Maybe that'll be all right, too. Maybe. Yeah. Just It's funny when she does it's this. A, make it a pointy hammer. They do make it seem as if, like, that is your only thing you can do. I mean, if you are good with a hammer, yeah. you might also be able to hit somebody with an axe. But, hey, they're branded. So you end up where they're going <laughs> to attack, and the thing comes down to the idea of, hey... Uh, we don't need her. We need her body. We need the body. And so they, they keep going. And we'll just finish this part of it where, sure. you know, you end up having Chieftain Zinn. He's like, just get her body, kill her, whatnot. We just have to bring the body back. We need the whole body. We need the whole body. Cut off the hand and then say, well, we could use the hand. And then well, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, because they say they want the whole corpse, kill her. And at this point, he's already cut off her hand. So she's already, she's already shorthanded. For, you know, for, oh my God. Yes, she and so is. And so I think that she'd be pretty easy to finish off right now. But no, they're going to leave. But then before they leave, he's going to kill her anyway. So he shoots an arrow towards her. Now, I guess it hits her in the chest. And I guess that's why she's wounded at the end. But I, it didn't really make sense. Like, they really wanted to kill her. But then they said, eh. Might as well leave her alive. She'll let her be in the next issue. It seems as if what they're doing here, and it spells out at the end, they need her blood because we've seen the blood end up charging up and being able to make them multiply, you know, these Tal T's. So, right. It's like getting the gremlins wet. It makes them multiply. And even maybe even more powerful the way they're saying this. So when they do, they have the hand. He says that's enough, but it's not going to be as much. And then when they look like they have, you know, Shiwa on the outs, they just leave. I mean, they should just grab her. I'm ru- I mean, there's no reason not to grab her except that she ha- now has to join up with Shang-Chi to get the proper yeah. five weapons. But in the in the prison, 
I get the idea. They realize that these Tauchi, they're attacking all of us. It must be our blood. Oh, my God. we got to go to Takeshi, who is being attacked. He's using, like you said, this food tray. turns it into a weapon. He's like, I'm Brother Saber. Anything's a weapon. Boom, 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 boom. But then you end up having, you know, that you have Shang-Chi and Esme show up with Zaylan. And they're going to try to fight these things off. The thing I have a problem with is not that. And I don't even have a problem with the idea that afterwards, because there are guards there, too. They're at the right. Supermax prison. My problem isn't just saying, okay, Takeshi has to go back to jail. He has to still be in jail. We're not, he goes back, but why did the guards never, they don't even bat an eye that Shang-Chi, Esme, and Zaylan are there. It's they're just at a what is it visiting hours? They they saw that they rescued them from these crazy monsters, so they hear well. I mean, crazy monsters were here. They kill the crazy monsters, and oh by the way, they kill the crazy monsters because they realize. I think it says Sister Dagger who realized. Yeah, oh, we just you, you take their mask off, pop it like a beer can, like a beer bottle top, and then they just disappear. Very convenient. Right? Totally convenient. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we have to do this quick. The, my problem is is that. And Shen Chi even has a little personal deal with one of the guys because he comes in with the worst slogan I've ever had. I mean, these are not catchy slogans, Shen Chi, where he yells like, hey, here we are, the Five Weapon Society. Uh, we're going to handle this. Good. A force for good. That's your slogan? And he goes, man, I didn't realize I was you know, spitballing slogans. I think you should keep spitballing there, buddy. Get, get something that rhymes, maybe. Workshop it a little, yeah. It's, it's a little odd, but he ends up where this one guy, this guard, like, they have a personal connection of being good guys, that, right? So, but this is the idea. Just take it in the, the deal where Charles Manson, right? Let's go to the extreme. Wow, okay. We're going right He's there. in jail, sure. right? All of a sudden, he's in the yard. There's going to be a lot of people going to want to take shots at old Charlie, right? So then his family Comes into the prison to protect the, the them. Manson family. Yeah, yes, the Manson right. family comes in. They fight off everybody that's trying to, and then the guards just let them be. Like, oh, hey, uh, your family, all right? You just helped out. Hey, whatever. They don't even say like, you're not supposed to be here. You got to get right, out of here. There's, just there's some alarm going off. Anything? Yeah. They're just walking down the hallway. Want to go out get some shawarma together? Yeah. At one point, there is an alarm going. But now they're just like, yeah, let's hang a little. Let's figure out what we're going to do. In the meantime. Shang-Chi has this connection with his sister, Shi Hua. Now, mm-hmm. that's fine and dandy. They're all related by blood. They are closer, though. You have Shang-Chi and Shi Hua are closer. This seems to be a spirit, whatever the case right. may be. They have same, both, both parents yeah, are same. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. they are. But again, I don't know that we saw this, but I can't remember if we actually saw this in the actual last volume where she was the bad gal and whatnot. But they have this connection just to say she's in trouble she's hurt we got to find her oh my god so you end up where shang chi esme and zilan are like okay let's get out of here let's go like i said i'm just watching them in a hallway of a supermax prison just decide what they're gonna do <laughs> they're there and like hey let's like go at the mall it looks like the mall. Yeah, it does. And really now, because nobody else is there. But yeah, end oh. up where they're going. I mean, they they R.I.P. Bricks and sticks. R.I.P. Yeah. Mall. I mean, right over there, Hot Topics, and you know Esme's going in there. She's going to go. She's <laughs> oh, going to get some cool things, I'll be at right? the Walden Books. It yeah. would be funny because she would know about that and probably avoid it because I love I love Esme, and she's up on pop culture <laughs> and stuff. You know that Esme loves Black Pink. Absolutely. She's into Rosé. She is definitely Rosé, so biased like me. But then this is the thing that makes me laugh. All of this, I'm not really caring the idea that I'm sitting there saying, 
oh my god, why aren't anybody escorting me? I'm doing something. The problem I have then is when they decide then to do a Yui <laughs> and just then go get to Cassie. We have these weird conversations where, okay, we know Shang-Chi wants to leave Brother Saber. I keep calling him Brother Sword, Brother Blade. Brother Saber. Brother Saber to locked up because he did the bad thing and we're all about principle. And so he's got, he's almost like an angel and a devil on his shoulders, two sisters. Esme and right. Ceylon are the angel. I was just going to say it. They are. Esme wants to say, okay, <laughs> yeah. family is the most important thing. That's a bust him out with his family. And then Jaylon says, no, no, principle is the most important. We have to leave him locked up. Exactly. And, he, and Shang-Chi just goes back and forth. He's Hamlet. He can't make up his mind. No, he can't. At first he says, yes, we're going to leave him locked up. But, oh, well, actually, on, on third, fourth, fifth thought, it's too dangerous. So now we're going to bust him out. So all these guards we just made friends with, we're going to clock him upside the now head. Now they get the crap kicked out of them. That's my whole point. What were these guys doing? They end up where they do a Yui and then attack the guards that just ended up giving them the thumbs up. Yeah, and the one the one guard on the floor, as, he, as he's passing out, says, what happened to a force for good? A force for good. That made me Ooh. laugh, but it's goofy. I mean, these guys should have known better. And if well, Make only... up your damn mind, Shang-Chi. You're the protagonist. You should, you know, do something. A supermax prison here, My whole right? problem with him in this whole series is, well, he wants to make the place better, but he's got to go this way, and the family wants that. He's, he's so wishy-washy. It is, it is. And so with that, I also think, like, this is a supermax prison. I mean, this, you got three guards? That's all you're Whatever. I guess that the doors are very well. But when they're going away, and they say somebody has targeted us. You kind of already know that w- with the idea that you end up having these Talti going after you. But then it's like, oh, my God, it must be grandma. So we better just do a Yui because Takeshi is not safe here. And the problem, not the problem, but the thing with Esme, it makes sense. She, her and Brother Saber, very tight. So that Zaylon just ended up right. showing up, and she doesn't care. Yeah, Zaylon, because she was the the mutant who was all off in she was in Scotland or something stupid, right? But Esme, that's her guy. I mean, they are you know that's like her big brother. They are all family, but really that's more of her family than even Shang Chi. So she has been bitching and moaning, want to get him. So when she says we got to get him, you know, she keeps saying finally he agrees, but then at the end he has to say, but afterwards we'll bring him back. It's like this, like you said, he's a flip flopper. And so they end up trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? They end up just like, hey, Takeshi says, you're breaking me out. He says, yes. Boom. They are there, you know, grabbing the sister now. I mean, Shi Hua, next page. Whatever the Shang-Chi helicarrier is. They just go right right to British Columbia. Boom. They grab her. Then they go back to the house of the deadly hand. Let's figure this out. They start talking. Now, again, Shi Hua has done some bad things, but. Their family, you're going to go. Really, the idea of teaming up with her, I have more of a problem with that than Takeshi. But still, they're going to give her probably a Luke Skywalker hand. They end up talking about this, yeah, they that they're don't doing stuff. Show it. They very, very specifically don't. So they say we're going to give you, right? We're going to give you that. We're going to give you something else, and we show it's all bandaged up now. But in every panel after that, her right hand is like hidden. Over and over and over again. So there's going to be some kind of reveal. I hope it's cool. but Some sort of deal. So you end up there where all of this stuff and the idea of Tay Lao and you end up having a big deal with, you know, Shi Hua finding out that their mother is alive. But her mother was taken by their grandfather, her father, until we know all mm-hmm. this. Yeah, but this yeah. is the way to show. Shang-Chi has to fill in the, the gaps. I'm giving a warning to Shang-Chi right now. 
She-Hua oh. is going to turn on you guys the minute that she gets the There is a point where the idea that they say, because all of a sudden now, this big mystical tell we could never get there. We're never going to be able to do it. Oh, by the way, we have this portal from before, and we have one of these masks. Boom, bomb. We're there. Oh, was it the mask? I thought it was the bowl. I was, I was going to ask where they got their bowl from. They end up saying they have the monster's vessel. Which was forged in Tay Lao. I okay. thought that it was a mask, but it's very small. It's the bowl. I don't see how they got the bowl. Because the bowl know. is what Grandpa used to make these monsters. I didn't see any time where he dropped it or no. where they got it from him. Because you'd think he'd hang on to that son of a gun. Yeah, so really everything that they ever... I mean, really, the the person who's probably rolling in his grave is Zheng Zhu, who was trying to do this for so long. And then they just kind of stumble into it. It was a a Tao They they just kind of stumble into it, and it's like nothing. So when they do this, you get the warning. And this is where I'm like, really? When Master Ling says, listen, we're going to do all this. And I I like to because in my mind, he has like a graduation cap. It looks like move the tassel over from this side to the other. Yeah. Especially from the top. But he ends up saying, listen, we're going to do this. You're going to go save your mom, do all this, maybe take your grandfather down. But when you go through, You might have these weird feelings in your mind that you want to end up, you know, doing bad things. So watch out for that. I'm telling you, the idea that Shi Hua is going through here with this, it (laughs) can't be good. I mean, she's pretty bad. She's already tried to do things bad and take over everything and ended up being defeated. But this is where I thought we were going to go two issues ago, right? Because it yeah, seemed yeah. like, oh, now we're going to go to Talo, at least to the island where you go to Talo. But I guess we need these past two issues to gather the five weapon society back together i suppose that's what the main point is in my mind i wish that it was said by the end here right but like listen this is something where you have to get a little artifact we got the bowl we got a mask whatever it would be we got this portal but you have to have the heads of all the five weapon society to go that would make more sense of why oh my god it really worked out that they ended up getting the sister you have the five let's go uh, but they don't There's say anything like that. They connection to the champions of each of the weapons. Yeah. And when we ended up having the last deal, the last volume really, really spelled out that deal where you had this, you know, big giant shrine and whoever was supposed to lead, the fire would light on it, right. you know, a little urn under it. Oh that. my God, it's the hand. It'd be cool to do this where you have to connect and all of them light up. And then that, I, I just wanted something like that to show it is important mm-hmm. to have the five of them together. But you didn't do that. You go in and uh, instead of all that, this poor frog, he's just minding his own business here in Tello. <laughs> I mean, Tello That's seems a to be a, frog. a paradise. All of a sudden, this uh, getting trampled has no idea what's hit it. He's running scared about butterflies. But I like the idea, like you said, the hidden hands, because everybody's there with their weapon ready to go, but you don't see what's going on with Shi Hua, even right. with the good hand. Does, does she have a hammer hand? Maybe she has a hammer hand now. That Maybe that would be, that might be cool, right? She just her hands the hammer. I don't think you can attack very well with that, but she, she might. Now, with that, when you end up them going through and tell lower weights, I thought, oh, that's an awesome spread page finale cliffhanger. I thought so, too. I thought we were done. <laughs> it seemed <laughs> like the end of an issue. It really got me fired up there. And then Ooh. you get to the next part, and I'm like, ah, oh, I kind of dip a little. We get one more page where, okay, now they've been captured. Yeah, and they're like, oh, man, look at that. And again. And once you get her hands hidden. Yeah, and it's the wow factor of, oh, my God, this place is, is great. Look at that palace. It's big. Like, they're already 
getting corrupted with the idea of like, I could kind of get used to being in a palace like that. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's troubles. But, and I, I don't think you're going to ever do anything with Esme. You've already kind of screwed Takeshi. If you do something with Esme where she's like, I want to stay oh. and turns on him, I'm done. I will be so upset. My favorite character. But you end up just suddenly they get captured. Everybody's surrounding them. They're there. And they say, we sentence you to death, you know, by the authority of the Jade Emperor. So that's a big deal. But I really like that idea of that big spread page. Wow. That should have like, been the last crap. page. Then you go to the, the cover for next issue. Both hands there. They're both. I mean, it's a cover. Covers are covers lie. We know that. Who knows what they even told this artist? Yeah, about I'm wondering what's going if on. it's one of those things where we're expecting something really, really crazy. Now, in the actual ending with sentence to death, you see that she does not have a hammer there. She's clenching her one fist, anything. Yeah. and you have that other hand kind I'm of hidden, hand. right? So. I'm almost expecting now that it's going to be – this is kind of lame. I just think they're going to have a, a grown, somehow mystical grow a hand back, and it's just going to be her hand, and I want something crazy. Her her new codename is going to be Ball Peen because that's what she's going to have. I want to have some hand. crazy thing going on, but we'll see. But there you, are, you have this cover next that says Sister Hammer's back, but is she friend or foe? Yep. I mean, the idea that you're playing off movie, but also what came before – I don't trust her, but maybe Gene Luan Yang is going to use that to his advantage and have some twists and turns. But at the end of this, I, we keep saying it, though, for the last bunch of issues. We're like, well, we see what he's doing. Yeah, it's rushing it, but we're going to get to something good. And I just, you know who we didn't see at all this issue? Who is We didn't that? see long-lost cousin Street Tough Follow. Remember no, him? we didn't see him at all. Maybe, we, I, were, we were certainly setting him up to be something. Maybe maybe he'll come back later. He might have been It feels like he's left behind here. Because <laughs> even when they go back, you would think that he'd be like, hey, what up, bro? I don't know. It just seems well, like they turned things... him over to the cops in Hawaii last time we saw him, and he he decided to be a supervillain. I I love the idea. Maybe he's, he's decided, the next arc. They he decided to be a supervillain. They go to get Takeshi because of that blood relation. They know that guy's in big trouble. I mean, the idea that Takeshi ends up being almost killed in a supermax prison. Yeah, that's true. He's a sitting duck. He's a county jail in Hawaii. I mean, he's done. Uh, but you would hope that at maybe. Maybe that is the play where almost like the idea that Shi Hua, you think that she's going to be the bad, but you'll end up having him. I completely forgot about him. But what would you give this at the end? It's fine. You've seen that a lot this week. I mean, we had the one book on the spotlight we both really liked. And for me, everything else has been just kind of fine since then. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what happens with Hammerhand. I guess I'm glad we're finally getting to Talo. But yeah, I'm at a six and a half. Yeah, I think I'm at a six. I need to have things not so conveniently done like the pop top monsters and oh we we have these pieces and now the portal holy works. moly tell low to get there is like the biggest biggest thing and then all of a sudden they're like oh we had these all along and uh, now we have this boom here you go everything seems to be rushing to you know whatever they think is this big thing which would be you know get the mother back fight the grandfather have a little twist and turns on the deal Maybe the idea that we're seeing here, the book is unfortunately not selling that well. Maybe what we're getting is we're heading towards, you know, the second trade to be the ending, and they're rushing towards it. Shang-Chi, he had his movie. The movie was popular, but it didn't set the world on fire, so it's not super surprising that it's it's not selling great. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I wouldn't think that it'd be a, a huge seller, but 
you know, you ended up having that what seemed to be a, a slow burn. All of the Avengers where Shang-Chi is, you know, betraying them, but not in this way. I just think that this is the last arc and they want to rush to get this to a point where they can at least end it well. We'll see because things are a little forced, but we'll move on to the next book and the last book of uh, the podcast. What is that? Jason, this is Wolverine Patch. It's written by Larry Hammer, penciled by Andrea DeVito, or possibly Andrea, inked by LaBelle Underwood, and colored by Sebastian Chang, V.C. Clayton Cowles as the letter. And there's no real recap, but we are back in time in a classic era of Wolverine on Madripoor, as written by Larry Hammer. And uh, what you get here, it's it's a weird beginning in my mind, because you, you have a lot of different pieces of a story that starts it out, and maybe this would be something where... It's a complicated setup. Yeah, it is a very complicated setup to be the idea of, you know, who is the villain, what you're doing. Now, some of these characters, usual suspects for some people, but if you don't know much of Patch stuff or the background, maybe it's something that might be a little hard to get into fully. I didn't mind this, but I was by the end a little confused of exactly what was going on and if what was going on was something that more people would know more about, or is this new and I mean because some things were really Yeah, some of these characters were around back then, some of these characters seem to be new. I think the whole the whole Madripoor Ani, who I guess are the like the indigenous people of Madripoor, I think that's brand new. I couldn't find any trace of that before. And Archie and Tiger Tiger, th- these are the characters you would have had before. And you even have General Koi. You have all these things that are hanging in the Princess Bar at the beginning where you'd end up having Tiger Tiger come down and say, Hey I got this prince here. He wants you to do some work. Luckily, you already had set up that Archie Corrigan, you know, hanging with Patch. He's got some problems, and he's he's a, a wingman. He ends up flying around, and his business is not doing so good right now. So he's up for a job, and a job is presented to him and Patch. Patch, he's hanging. He's there. He's drinking some crappy alcohol. That's the best there. You know, it's it's an okay setup, and you end up where. Tiger Tiger says, hey, we got this job for you that pays well. We want to do some recognizance. You know, you're going to go in the plane and check some things out. The prince is wondering if anything's going on. Prince yeah, there's, there's, there's something a little shifty going out in the jungle, and the prince wants to know what's up. And in that, we start out by seeing something shady, but we don't know what it is, but it looks like experiments on monkeys. It's a monkey prison. Got all the monkeys locked up, and we've got some, some guy with big old glasses who seems to kind of be in charge of the monkey prison. Yep, he seems to be a doctor. They're talking about that. His guys are... You know, a little sus compared to what we get then, because then we get General Coy, who he's a military, and he's going through the woods. He's checking things out. In the meantime, you also have mutants. It took me a couple of read-throughs to realize, okay, so we got the, the monkey prison guy. We got General Coy, who's like a military strongman, but he's not in league with the monkey prison guys. He's a whole separate deal. And then we've got some prince. He's not connected to either one. And then, yeah, he's not involved. Then when... You end up getting to the end of this now that we get mutants and things are all over the place here. Yeah, we've got some Russians, these two Russians, like brother and sister. Their names are the second and third letters of the Hebrew alphabet. I would think you've got to have a Aleph there somewhere. Maybe. What, beta and gamel, which is the second and third? You're not gonna, you're not gonna just have the second and third letter. I don't know. I don't know how this goes. And so you end up where they're, they're checking things out. They see a downed, Russian military 
helicopter plane. You know, it's it's crashed. I guess it's a plane, but it, it's you I know figure that's where the mutant brother must be. came from. So that's crashed, but they say it was crashed a while ago. In the meantime, Nick Fury shows up and his helicarrier scrambles jets and ends up making Archie end up landing on the helicarrier. Yells at Patch. He knows who he is. Well, we get the hell out of here. We're dealing this with only this. Only seems to be here so they can they can put the, him on the cover. That's really what it seems like to me. And the idea that you're scrambling jets, a helicarrier. I know that you have things that are masked and whatever, but isn't anybody else that are down there? You end up General Coy. Does he not see this? It does the you know the guys doing the experiments? It just yeah, happens. It's a giant just freaking helicarrier. Yeah, it just it happens so that Fury can say we're working here. You don't get the hell out of here. So him and Archie go, and then <laughs> Patch just jumps out. He oh, no parachute jumps out. Oh my out. god! Yeah, he just crashes through the canopy. He lands. His arms all bent around backwards. He pops it back in place. Wait for the healing factor to kick in. I just love at this point you have had throughout this where you have Patch going around with his white coat with his little rose there. He's still wearing a tuxedo I'm like, jacket. really, why is he? I know that's his look, but you're now flight like, what? this is what you're doing? And <laughs> that all of a sudden the flower starts falling apart, but he ends up pretty cool as he goes through into the forest, the jungle. Uh, looks crazy, and yeah, he has to heal himself. He does. He ends up mentioning a few I don't know who would be reading this and not realize that Wolverine doesn't have a, you know, the idea that he says, I have a healing factor. I'm like, yeah. yeah oh, he has adamantium bones. Ooh, write that down. I, don't I know guess that. you have to put that there just so. But he then is doing this. General Coy comes in. He's just threatening people. He's trying yeah. to find what seems to be the doctor doing the monkey experiments. He wants information about something going on in the jungle. This one native type guy comes in and says, oh, there's somebody stealing all the monkeys. General Coy says, you're a liar. <laughs> and he's uh, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh my I God. mean, maybe, maybe if you're looking for information, this is not the right way to get people to bring you information. It, it is a weird deal of having like, a, again, if you want to go with gatekeeping, I mean, seriously, this guy ends up saying, <laughs> what do you know? This guy says what he knows. It, it's not completely out of the ordinary. Oh, they're kidnapping, you know, monkeys. You are lying. Boom. We don't know exactly what Koi thinks they're doing or why this seems like whatever. Have this guy at least lead you to where he saw this, but he shoots him. Bang. Then you end up going where Archie gets back to the Marge Report airport. Obviously, Patch jumped out. And you have, you know, Tiger Tiger come in and like, well, what's going yeah, on? He has, they have a little chit chat with Tiger Tiger. So Tiger Tiger asks Archie, so is anything going on at the airport? He says, yeah, look two feet to my right. There's this giant uh, Russian aircraft and that's where the Russian people came in on. Oh, okay. Says, oh, I, I saw a couple of people come in on that. Thanks suspicious. for the help, Archie. Yeah, really. I, I, I look in that direction. I, I have a stiff neck. I can't turn that way. It's so crazy. And she even comes in. It's like, hey, what's going on? You impact them. Oh, well. Uh, you know, the mysterious deal. And then you even have to have Tiger Tiger say, listen, like, I'm involved with the prince, but I'm not. I own something, but I'm there. I'm going. I think he's up to something. I'm like, you're throwing a lot at us in this first issue that really doesn't hit very well. Because then we go back to monkey experiments. Yeah, that poor monkey. Look at that monkey. He's, I'm, I'm he serious. He looks like he's in Reed Richards' interrogation room. He's having a rough day. Look at him. He is not happy. You end up having, you know, now... 
Dai Kumo Uyban is on the phone. This guy with the right? spider on the forehead. He is an existing character. He's a Larry Hammer character from way back. I think he was only in like two issues before he died, but bring him back. Why not? He's He's, he's got this Black Widow spider tattooed on his forehead. Yeah. What, what is he? Mike Tyson? You end up where maybe racist pigeons. You end up where like these things are just thrown in. Oh my God, there's a pigeon. You end up where like, okay, now he's in here. And I thought we didn't explain anything else, but we're going. And again, by the end, I, I'm confused. I didn't mind it that much. I, I seemed like I hated it. But now that we're going through it and have to talk out loud, I see that like nothing is set up. It's just characters thrown at There's you. And so many pieces that he has to say, oh, this exists and this exists. So now we got Wolverine back in the woods and this giant Russian. But she speaks Russian. It's trans. It's, it's actually says, it says, it says, Posholti. Vabanyo. I, I can speak like seven seven words of Russian. And what that means, it literally means go to the bath. Banyo is like, I guess like in Spanish, banyo means bath. But in Russian, the bath, and I think you'll like this, Jim, the bath is where the evil spirits are said to live. So you got to be careful going I to the bath. I stay away from those. I don't you're, go to the bath. You're a smart man. Is, is that why they take showers? You end up where, like, that's go to hell. And so... I think she's full out Russian. Idiomatically, have, it's go to hell. You have the star there. You end up having the Russian deal. So there's some sort of mutant. And throughout all this, Pat's just walking through the jungle with his tux on. He ends up getting attacked. He's trying to tell them. He's loosened his tie now. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not against you. I'm just figuring things out. You know, hey, you're a mutant. Hey, so am I. What not? But she just keeps attacking. And then her brother phases in. He's, you know, using some cloaking tech he ends up slashing well, I think Wolverine. that's his mutant ability is what I think it is like he's kind of invisible guy at one point he's super fast as well so I don't know why you know he seems to have a bunch of abilities but he ends up where they're attacking and this woman ends up taking Wolverine's claws in the arm to make sure that he cannot now use them he's stuck in there the brother mm-hmm. then attacks they're just ripping Wolverine apart and leave him for dead which right which, of course, he isn't because he's Wolverine. And then they just and, say, let's yeah. go home, darling. I'm like, well, what happened here? What's going on? Because, you know, he wants to do things. He, obviously, Wolverine is concerned with that down, you know, ship that they saw, that open village they did see as well. That didn't look like a village. It looked like some sort of bunker. That seemed to be where they're doing the monkey experiments. So by the end of this, I'm, I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, this so many different factions. We don't know who's working with whom. We don't know who knows about whom. It's it's and very maybe confused. that's the play because you have you know four or five teams going again, but nothing set up. This isn't a mad, 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 mad world here. This is just Wolverine who says, "I'm going to check things out here." Dives out of the plane. He's there, and now he's just kind of wandering around trying to find things. Even at the one point, which was weird play, where you're writing your story, but you end up having Wolverine say. Oh man, up up above it, it looked smaller. This area, like that's kind of how it works, Wolverine. But he says <laughs> it gets bigger as you get closer to it. He's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I gotta walk a little longer. I'm like, is this just a setup that you're gonna run into everybody before you? I don't even know. Like he doesn't have a, a motive really or a motivation to even go and see anything else. They could have just went back and told the prince, hey, yeah, there seemed to be this here and a down plane. Boom, they're done. He just wanted to watch or look into it more. I, I think it yeah, was because I'm not sure what his motivation was. The only motivation I saw here from him in this is, what did you say, Fury? I'm not allowed to look into this. Screw you. I'm going to look into it. 
but that, that sounds like Wolverine. It does, but what does that benefit him? I like the setup of where you just think, why why is he a margin for his patch at this point? What's he doing hanging? Why would he be that concerned to then just get because at one point he's just like, Yeah, you know, I don't feel like doing anything. When the prince offers him the deal, he doesn't want to take it. He's doing it for Archie. Yeah, he's doing it for Archie and for, for Tiger Tiger, who wants the, the the prince to be happy with her. Yeah, and when the prince is happy, that helps the bar, all these things. So he was really being selfless and saying, I'll do that. But what's he doing now? Why is it that? But is he just bored? Well, I'm here. I might as well just jump out here. It just seems like a really weird type of setup for this, just to almost force him in the fray of now we got Predator vibes going but everybody's a predator mm-hmm. i don't know he's just walking through the jungle in the tux so there you go but we'll see we'll see how it goes i really wasn't that intrigued by the end if we end up reading the next issue and it really isn't as good or whatever i think we might be dropping this yeah it's it's not my favorite either I, maybe maybe people who love the the classic wolverine if that's what you want and you like know all these old characters this could be the perfect book for you it's just it's not not for me. Maybe they're like, well, I read this way. There's no editor note to say, you know, oh, General Coy had a problem with this and that and the other thing before. But maybe if you do know that, if that is the case, I don't know. But if that maybe this is something again, because it seems like the motivation for a lot of these books are to answer unanswered questions, to go back and explore something that might have been hinted before. And Larry Ham is using a lot of his old characters, so that might be the case. Yeah, that's what they're doing in the X-Men Legends book. I don't know if that's what this is about. And, and again, that's what it seems like you're even doing in a couple of the other things, the Ben Riley thing, tying in. We did mm-hmm. that on the Patreon Spotlight. Yeah, the Lethal Protector book says we're going to illuminate the past and also maybe hint at the future. Which I don't, I, that sounds like just marketing speak. That to me, does. Like maybe. I said, the Ben Riley deal—they're using, you know, the whole spider side, getting a name, and that's this is something that was left behind before. It's an easy way in, but we're kind of answering some things. I said at DC right now, you have a blue and gold. It's not back in the day, blue and gold. It's in current continuity, but you're having Dan Jurgens use the book. Yeah, answer the questions about Booster Gold. Yeah, Ben's and- Booster and Rip Hunter and things, and that it, it, I get that. But right now, I just I don't get exactly what the story's doing. There's too much going on in this first issue for me to really say, oh, man, that seems cool because you, your head's spinning. And I again, people will say, Jim, it's the first issue. We'll go. But I need to be intrigued. I'm not really that intrigued. We'll do the second issue. We'll see if things kind of come to light in that. But what would you give this? Once again, it's kind of like I'm right in line with a lot of the other books where it's not awful. It's it's a. It's a well-written book. It's not confusing like the way some books have. Larry Hammer obviously knows how to write a comic book. So, yeah, it's fine. It's like a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 5-5. I like it enough. Just I just wanted to be more excited about it, I guess. Too many things. Maybe if you only set up a couple of these groups at first so we feel a little more grounded and then introduce the others. Like, we didn't need these these Russian people this issue, I don't think. I mean, Fury there, that makes sense. He's, ah, oh, patchy, Wolverine, you're messing things up for me, whatnot. But it seems that General Koi is in the jungle to go after the experiments on the monkeys, maybe, but doesn't seem to think that it makes sense that somebody's getting the monkeys. But he also might be looking for the Russians, and we think it's my, I don't know. Yeah, Are the Russians, are they working with the monkey people, I guess? I, I don't know. They don't say that. I mean, they're just there. It looks, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know how anybody connects to anybody else. No, so we'll have to see. 
people have to see. I'll, I'll ask. I'll see if Brandon will read it. He's a huge patch guy and has read all the things. And I have a feeling you're just reading the. Yeah, that's a lot just thrown in there. Hopefully, it does come to play out. But that's the end of the podcast. What is your book of the week, Jason? My book of the week comes from our spotlight. It's it same here. Clear winner. It is Venom Lethal Protector number one. Yep, that, that is mine as well. Uh, who is your gem of the week? My gem of the week is going to be. I'm going to go with Wonder Man from. Uh, from our Avengers Forever, because he doesn't want to kill nobody no more. I like to kill I think that, that's worthy. He likes to kill. Yeah, he doesn't want to kill anymore. Mine comes from the spotlight as well. Also huh? from my book of the week, Lethal Protector, the Venom deal. And it is Humbug, who is not a good guy, but I still think he's a gem. With all, If you haven't read it, he just has all Walkmans and stuff, and he's yelling out his insect. Uh, not powers, but actually hits the play button so they can do that. I thought he was crazy, and I loved him. He's fun. Uh, who is, what is your uh, cover? My cover of the week is also going to be, we've got a a, a, a recurring character here. It's going to be from Venom Lethal Protector Number 1, the cover by Paolo Sequeira and Matthew Wilson. Looks great. Yeah, it does. I'm going to cheat a little because we were going to have the Cap Iron Man a book on the podcast at the last second. We pulled it off because of time deal. But I figured I'm, that was going to be your I'm cover. Yeah, Alex Ross cover there. I Alex looked at Ross. all the covers. Oh, yeah, we didn't Ross. have a ton of books to go with. My second would have been the Lethal Protector, but we'll mix it up because we really did like that. And again, if you want to hear us gush about that, but also talk about the Ben Riley Spider-Man book, you go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. Now, before Jason Yeah, ends join up, us. Yeah, everybody, we should go. Uh, Oh, come and join us on the spotlights. Join the Patreon. We have a good time over there. We swear a little more. You know, we hang out. Rick Astley, uh, you know, parody to lead us into it that mentions curling, all that. But also we're going to mention stuff. the books that are coming out next week. It's something that people in the DC side of things are more in line with. But next week, you get a fifth week of books. That is an annuals week. Typically, Marvel doesn't quite play out the annuals deal like that. But on those fifth weeks of a month, which we'll have another one in May, by the way. We end mm-hmm. up having a annuals week means that it's Patreon only. We've done this a bunch of times with this podcast, but just to spell it out, all of the podcasts next week will be Patreon only. So when you go to look to see, hey, Thursday night, where's the, where's the show? It's going to be Patreon only as well as the Star Wars on Sunday. And we have a bunch of big books that Jason will tell you about. But if you want to get involved with that, you have to go to patreon.com slash weird science. And when you do sign up, you aren't charged there. You can end I've up going yes. in. You don't get charged. And in fact, you get the whole free month of April. This isn't April Fool's, but you end up where maybe we're the fools. But you get all of April free. If you don't like what you hear, you can just mm-hmm. quit. You never be charged. But if you want to go into the next month of May. And, you know, man, not to be a complete show here, but there are a ton of other podcasts on there. There's all sorts of things on the Patreon. So if if you're running out of podcasts to listen to and you want to hear some more about movies or classic books or newer books, all sorts of great stuff on that feed. I mean, one of the things popping up next week on there that would be a Marvel deal is we're going to continue going through the original Secret Wars. That'll be a show that pops up around the time of the regular podcast. But again, when you, you want to listen to us talk about all the books next week and the Star Wars deal, just go over to the Patreon. All that's in the show notes. Check it out. But I always do that. We we do try to do a lot of shows, so I don't like to 
a lot of those Patreons charge right away. I want people to check it out and make sure it's for them. And I, I usually am confident that most of our shows are worth it. We have a ton. It's, it's a good deal. There's, there's a bunch of stuff over there. And there's different levels, you know, for what you can afford and things like that. And just to be a shout out deal, one last deal. If you just want to listen to the podcast and the Star Wars deal, you can even just join up for a dollar. That's just it. But hopefully that'd be enough where people would say, hey, I'll support him for a dollar for a month. But you oh, don't even have to point. pay them. You don't even get charged right away. But uh, Eddie, even even meathead Eddie Brock from Lethal Protector yeah, would throw in a buck. We really like he, that. He'd steal it from a homeless he'd guy. He'd steal though, it, and then I would be arrested by the police as he walks away thinking <laughs> that he did good. But what are we going to be talking about next week on that show? Next week, we have the finale of the Tom Taylor Dark Ages mini, 6 of 6. We have Hulk number 5. We had no Amazing Spider-Man this week on either podcast for the first time in a long, long time because we're having a week off this week, and next week is Amazing Spider-Man number 93, the finale of the whole Beyond yeah, era. the whole Beyond deal ends up next week, we have so that's cool. Ghost Rider number two. We were kind of intrigued enough by Ghost Rider number one, so we'll see where that goes. And, and to spell we that have, out, too, just to give that, I think that the first issue of that was on the Patreon spotlight. You uh, also, okay. when you... Join up, you can listen to all the things from the past as well. So you'd end up being able to listen to some things that you might have missed before in the spotlight. Yeah, that we liked it enough. I'm looking forward to the second issue. We also have the anti-penultimate issue of Silver Surfer Rebirth, number three of five, with the cool throwback art. Speaking of classic artists and classic writers from classic eras, we have Silk, number three of five, which was fine. We have Iron Fist number two, where we're now going to learn some more about our new former Swordmaster, now Iron Fist, so that'll be fun. And we have Miles Morales number 36, where they're going to start going into the multiverse and looking for Uncle Aaron. Yeah, and, and with that looking for Uncle Aaron and things like that, I know that people are kind of starting to think and getting excited that maybe through multiverse shenanigans, He'll be able to get back to the Ultimate Universe for just a little bit. Maybe that's where they end up We've going. We've been teased with, with Ultimate Universe stuff so many times with the Maker and with Miles. So we'll we'll see if we ever get that back. I always thought that it'd be weird the idea of him kind of having the Ultimate Universe come to our deal more. Uh, people had these weird ideas, but him going for just a little bit in the Ultimate. Maybe that's how we play it out. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. A book that. You know, I enjoy. So we'll go through all of those. It'll be one big, long podcast with all of those involved. Like I said, Patreon only next week. So sign up uh, early Join and often. Party. Early and often, I'll tell everybody. Uh, but with that, that is the end of the show. I hope everybody enjoyed the show this week. And what do we say at the end of that show there, Jason? As we always say, have a great week. Keep it marvelous. Marvelous. Go read comics. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.